Well, it is a joy to be with you. And again, if you're a first timer here, make yourself at home. Welcome home. Make this place your spiritual family. We're in the third week of our series that we've been calling a rising tide. Now, let me ask you a question. When a tide rises, it raises all what? It raises all ships, right? That's where we got that from. We didn't make up a rising tide, right? And we talked two weeks ago about the idea that God is accountable. He's an accountable God. Who is he accountable to? He's accountable to himself. In fact, in the scripture, it shows where God kind of swore by himself because there wasn't anyone greater to swear by. God says stuff. And then what does he do, church? He does the stuff he says, right? That is integrity. That is accountability. Last week, we talked about how God works through the church and brings the church together under this umbrella of godly accountability by helping us to be accountable to him and to each other. And today in particular, we're going to talk about what it means to be a leader in the church and to be accountable to the church and to God as a leader in the church. Now, you got a little hint of this as we talked about the scripture a minute ago, that the church is called to pray for your leaders and your leaders are called to do what? Well, to lead, right? So we're going to talk a little bit today about what that means in the church. And I want to introduce you to a fine young fellow by the name of Coach Lou Holtz. Now, if you're a college football fan, you knew Lou Holtz for one thing and one thing most dramatically, and that is the only college-level coach to lead six college programs to some kind of bowl game. He's the only one to ever do that. He's the only college-level coach to lead four programs to the top 20. And as he is in his young, young middle 80s, traveling the world, giving motivational speeches about leadership, he's going to teach us a couple of things about what it means to be a leader. We're going to take some cues from Coach Holtz today, and we're going to see how he got his information from God. In fact, the coach is a believer. He follows Jesus. He took his cues on leadership from the greatest leader of all, and that is Jesus Christ. So I want to just let you listen to about a minute and a half of what it means to be under the tutelage of the coach who said these words. Coaches is, coaching is nothing more than eliminating mistakes before you get fired. Now, Coach Holtz doesn't pull punches. He's a straight shooter. He will tell you exactly what it means to be a leader. Let's listen in on his words now. The leadership that you learned over those years. Well, I think what Father Hesburg said to me before the press conference at Notre Dame, he said, I'm going to announce to the world that Lou Holtz is head coach at Notre Dame. He said, I'm going to give you that title because titles come from above. He said, what I cannot do is I cannot name you the leader. He said, players will determine if you're a leader. And so we talked about leadership. And this is what I believe it is. Number one, you have to have a vision where you want to go. I had a vision where I wanted to take an organization. And without a vision, you have nothing. Everything starts with vision. Number two. You have to have a plan of how you're going to get there. We had a plan on recruiting uh, at William and Mary where we had more Marys than we had Williams. We, we had a plan on how we we're going to recruit. You know, we played the Naval Academy and on the balcony they have the words Iwo Jima, Guadalcanal, Saipan, Baton. Our kids said, boy, what a schedule they play. But <laughs> what we did is, is we just figured we needed to recruit somebody, a strong safety, and put them in the weight room, make them a defense. But you have to have a plan how you're going to do it. 
You have to lead by example. And I'll tell you, I can't begin to tell you how many times things have gone bad, got down on my knees, prayed that when I walked into a staff meeting or a team meeting, there wasn't any doubt in my mind that we had a vision where we wanted to go, a plan of how we're going to get there, and I was going to lead by example. But most important thing, we're going to hold people accountable for the choices they make. Yeah, the coach says this, we're going to hold people accountable to the choices they make. And did you catch what he said about leadership? He said, titles come from where? From above. And he said, nobody can tell you from above that you're a leader. It's the people you serve with down here with boots on the ground who will define whether or not you are a leader. So leadership is defined by these characteristics. He says, you have a vision. You have a plan, you lead by example, and you are accountable. And every single one of those parts of leadership is just as important as the others. So we're going to talk about what it means to have a vision as a leader at Trinity. This is why we're doing this series. Here's the vision for you. The idea is this, that when the tide of God's word raises one of us up, The tide of God's word should raise how many of us up? All of us. So the vision is this, that God's word is infused into your life. It plays into your daily life in such a way that you grow, that you spiritually rise. That's the vision. But the key thing is this. The reason we're doing this series is we don't rise as isolated little boats out there on the tide by ourselves. The idea is that we rise together in a fleet of ships. That when the tide of God's word is infused in us, we rise together. So that's the vision. The vision is wherever you are in your spiritual life. If you're here, 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 way up here, I'd probably be about right here, something like that. No matter where you are, we all rise how? Individually or together. That is the vision. Coach says this. He says, it's a fine thing to have ability, but the ability to discover ability in others is the true test. Now, this is the power of the Holy Spirit working among us. When we can take our faith outside of our own heads. Now, listen to this. When we can take our faith outside of our own heads and place it into the heads and hearts of other people, then other people will grow. And guess what? That reciprocates back on us and we grow. We're intrinsically tied with other people to grow in the faith. Therefore, if other people aren't growing, then who's not growing? I'm not growing. If I'm not growing, then who else is not growing? The other people around me. We rise together as a fleet on the tide of God's great word. Here's what I want to share with you from the scripture. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the new church in Corinth. A church, by the way, about the same size as us sitting right here today. Paul says, we are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. Now, who's he talking to and talking about? The we is the leaders of the Corinthian church along with Paul, right? But you are the Corinthian church. He's encouraging them and showing them that they are rising with the tide. And yet he's placing them above where he is. 
Look at this language. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored. We are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry, thirsty. We're in rags. We're brutally treated, homeless. The leaders were persecuted right along with the church. We work hard with our own hands. When we're cursed, we do what, church? We bless. When we're persecuted, we do what? We endure. When we're slandered, we answer kindly. We become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. Now, raise your hand if that sounds like a fun time. People are like, what did I sign up for here? What I want you to hear from this is not the circumstance around the Corinthian church. What I want you to hear is how leadership places itself beneath the people it serves and serves them. Leadership places itself beneath the people it serves and serves them raises them up and we rise together with the tide. So if Trinity's vision is that all of us together rise like a fleet of ships on the tide of God's word, the plan is this. I want to introduce you to a fine young group of gentlemen from our church. This is known as the men's group. Just ignore the margaritas. They would normally own, you know, a beer in hand while they're meeting, that sort of thing. And on this particular occasion, they took a departure and went to a place that specialized in margaritas. And they were pretty good, right, guys? As far as I can tell, they were pretty good. God's plan for Trinity Church is this, that we rise together on the tide of his word in community. And it's not just here like this. Like we would have been the Corinthian church, about 60 people, 60 to 100 people. You know, it's not like this. This is to launch us into the next level of growth. The plan is this, to get us together in small spiritual families so that we can grow together. And the men's group is a fine example of this. They meet every Wednesday night, whether we ask them to or not. And they get together and they have a great time together socially. And they also get together and do what? And they study God's word together. And if someone's missing from group, does everybody know about it? Yeah, because you're missed when you don't show up to group. So accountability becomes more like that. It's more like the idea that you're missed from the family gathering than it is you got to do this and you got to do that. Now, maybe you're used to hearing accountability come from your leaders in your life in that way, where leadership sort of comes from above and isn't necessarily there with boots on the ground with you. That's where Coach Holtz is exactly right. He says, if you're going to lead, lead by example. In other words, get down in the trenches with the troops. Have your own boots on the ground. If you're going to lead, don't be a boss who is lording your leadership over people who are actually doing the work and doing the serving. Instead, be a leader who is down showing the way. Now, you may have heard this. In fact, some years ago, I had an injury and I went to physical therapy and there was a cool poster up on the wall as I was riding on my stationary bike. And it said this, leaders know the way, leaders go the way, and leaders do what? show the way. Leaders know the way, leaders go the way, and leaders show the way. So when the church is no exception, in fact, the church is the best place for leadership like this to rise up. And the way leadership like this rises up in the church is underneath other people. And it's only ever 
underneath other people. When you rise, leaders rise. When you don't rise, leaders don't rise. Here's how this works. From the scripture reading from today, Hebrews 13, as V read earlier, look at the scripture again with me. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. A lot of people would stop right there and say, I'm not submitting to anybody. I'm going to be my own authority. I'm going to be my own integrity. I'm going to be my own accountability. But biblical accountability comes with this dynamic. Take a look at this. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you. Now look at this. As those who must give an account. Now let me ask you a question. We're an interactive church. Who do leaders in the church give an account to? To God. So if a leader in the church is not underneath his or her people, lifting them up through the power of the word every single day, then that leader has to give an account to God. Someday, God's going to ask the leader, what were you doing when you were lording your leadership over your people? When you were guilting them? When you were shaming them? When you were doing the serving in the community instead of them? What were you doing? Your job was to raise them up. Because the vision is what? That all ships rise with the tide. Look at the scripture. It says, do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no benefit to you. Now the joy goes to who? Goes to the leader, right? But it also goes to the people. The joy is meant to be shared. There's another section of scripture that talks about Jesus working joy in your life so that your joy may be complete. That, words mean, that, mean, that word means perfect. That your joy may be whole and finished. Joy comes with the cyclical nature of leaders and people serving in the community working together. As they work together, as they serve side by side, that creates joy, a joy that is complete. And then what happens? All the ships rise with the tide. Look at that last phrase where it says in the NIV, that would be of no benefit for you if you were to hear the leadership of your godly leaders, the ones who are accountable to God, and then not do that thing that they said to do. If we were to come and present to you a scripture and say, this is what that means in your life. And if you were to go away and say, well, that sounded like a cool spiritual idiom, but I'm going to move on and watch Netflix today and forget about what I just heard. I'm not going to actually take it and do something with it in my everyday life. That would be placing a burden not on your leader, my friend, but on who? On you. So when you take the leadership of the word of God to heart and you put it into motion in your life, put it into action, gather together with others and be lovingly accountable to each other, showing up and being present in each other's life, then you find yourself growing and rising with the tide. And this creates the singular, most important part, a complete and perfect joy. I love this phrase at the end of it that says, that would be of no benefit to you. When we look at what God does in our life, we see benefits left and right if we choose to. Accountability is one of those places to look. This account that leaders will give to God is very important. You know, if you look in the original language of the scripture, 
it's actually the same word that is called or referred to Jesus in the book of John, where it says the word was with us. The word came from God and was here. He was the light of the world and the world didn't overcome him. That word, word, is the functional working mind of God. It's his intention of what he means to do in the world through his son, Jesus. The same exact word is this word account. Now, it's used in a very different way. But I got to believe there's a connection that Jesus is that account and that every godly leader owes God that account. We owe him an answer. Are we God following Jesus in this place? Can we say that we're following Jesus in this place? I don't mean for you to answer, but that's the question we ask. God, are we following Jesus here? That leads us to our accountability and the way we roll that out from leaders to people serving in the community, from leaders to people together. Now, I'd love to be able to say that leaders in the church should be looked upon like this, with puppy eyes, with endearing kitty eyes, even perhaps with hamster eyes. We would love for you to look at us with adoration. We would love for you to lift us up on a pedal, a pedestal. But even my dad, who hasn't been to church for 40 years, said to me on a car trip years ago, he said, no person deserves to be on a pedestal in the church, but Jesus Christ himself. And I said to that, amen and amen. Leaders do not rise to greatness. Leaders descend to greatness. And it's all on the tail or the coattails or it's all following the idea of accountability. Look at what coach says. He says, we can all be successful and make money, but when we die, that ends. When you're, when you're significant, but when you are significant is when you help other people do what? Be successful. That lasts many a lifetime. Now analyze that for a minute. When coach is saying that success lasts many a lifetime, what is he talking about? He's talking about not only does success apply to me, but success applies to who? Those with whom I share it. Here's what successful means in the church. The idea of success in the church is this. It is that we are together rising with the tide of God's word. We are together growing. The coach said in another spot, and I absolutely agree with this, that on earth people are like trees. They're both either growing or dead. We grow because God made us to grow. And as such, we look for the success of that in ourselves and others tied together. Leadership is merely the vehicle through which this is precipitated. Look at what Matthew chapter 4 says. As Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. The very first objective for his first disciples was not that you are going to grow in and of yourself, but I am calling you to fish for other people. Now, back then, when you went fishing, you cast a big net and you got a whole bunch of fish, hopefully, right? These days, how do we fish? 
Did we cast big nets? Now, if you fish like that, I'd love to actually see that. Let me know the next time you go fishing with a big net. I'd like to see you do it. That would be kind of cool. These days, how do we fish? We cast a single line, don't we? And when we don't catch a fish, what do we do? Do we give up and go home? What do we do, fishermen? Cast again. And part of the beauty and the art of being there fishing is not that you're catching a fish and reeling it in every single time, is it? It's being out there with God in his creation, enjoying what he has made. And if you happen to catch some fish along the way, it's a blessing, isn't it? But you never stop casting the line. You never stop. The whole time you're fishing, you're casting the line, aren't you? Otherwise, you're not fishing, are you? If you're following Jesus, you're casting the line. And there's someone casting with you right by your side. That is your leader, the one who serves you. But your leader doesn't present as a superhero. Your leader's not going to come along and save the day. Your leader's D on his or her chest doesn't stand for determined. It doesn't stand for direction. It doesn't stand for deeper meaning of Bible study. It means one word. It's discipler. This is what it means to rise with the tide. That you and I rise on a tide of discipling others, of casting the line, of fishing for people. And every time God gets us up in the morning, which is every morning, thanks be to God, and gives us a new round of fresh breaths to take, he intends for us to cast that line. He intends for us to be fishing. Now, that doesn't mean taking your Bible out on the street with a bullhorn and carrying your cross and thumping people on the head with your Bible as they go by. It means simply spending time with someone God's placed in your life and sharing what God has given you, one coffee at a time, one margarita at a time, one baseball game at a time, one movie night at a time, one pizza night out at a time, one business meeting at a time, one family dinner at a time. The line is cast. The line is cast. The line is cast. And the line never stops. It never stops when you're happy. It never stops when you're sad. It never stops when you're angry. It never stops when you're destitute and poor. It never stops when you're rich. It never stops when you're employed. It never stops when you're unemployed. It never stops when you're single. It never stops when you're married. It never stops when you have children. It never stops until when Jesus comes back. And that, my friends, that carries with it a complete and perfect joy. Think about how God has put people in your life and given you the opportunity to share your faith with. See, it's our vision and our plan and our leadership opportunity and our accountability opportunity at Trinity in this next year to raise up people that we will call disciplers. That happens in small groups where people are together whether they have a margarita or not. They're together and they're growing in the word. But among the ranks of those small families, 
there are people who will cast the line. And in fact, every single one of us is created and designed by God to cast the line. When those people who start casting the line start casting first, they intend to bring all of us with them. They are our leaders. Us up here talking like this, this only goes so far, doesn't it? It's when you're sitting across the table from someone, casting that line that the kingdom of God grows. Think about that for a minute. Think about how powerful the life of a disciple is. That's your life. That is your life. You only have one. You're that discipler. Who has God called you to spend that time with? Would you pray with me? God, you are so good. You give us so much of yourself. You give us so much of your power and your majesty. And you give us so much of your example. You were the first one to disciple others. And in the very first words you spoke, you said, come follow me. And the following of you means that we're never alone. We are always with you. You're always beside us. And with the leaders you've placed beside us as well, we know that that is your presence with us. So let us, God, work together in your name and in your spirit. Let us serve together with your power flowing through us to continue to cast that line. And as that happens, God, we know we're going to grow. We know we will not grow without it. And we know that we will grow with it. So place that joy in each of us here today, God. And for those who are going to be listening online, know that this is your life. You are that discipler. God has called you to fish for people. And now we do that in community together as brothers and as sisters in one family. We lift your name high and we trust you for all that you've done and all that you will do in us. In your name we pray and together we say amen and amen.